you. Glad to see you all this morning. Is that a fan? <laughs> Tell him to take off the whole winter gear. He might be able to be cool. That is hilarious. Hallelujah. We're glad to see you all this morning. <clears throat> you know, I'm always teaching on multiple levels and multiple fronts. You know, one of the ways of the spirit. Um, it's so funny because no matter what God says, he will never be able to use our language to explain where he lives. Never. And so he does the best that he can. One of the purpose for him, uh, purposes of him uh, creating nature the way that he did is everything in nature is speaking of heaven. You know, um, the Bible says <clears throat> on the voice of uh, the voice of the Lord is upon many oceans. You know, that's something that's very important and kind of that's the only thing I don't like about living in Atlanta. Everything else is cool, but I wish I lived like close to the ocean because it's just something about the ocean. And, you know, many men in scripture, they receive encounters from above by bodies of water, you know, but <clears throat> and the ways of the spirit um, are compared to water. And with the ocean, how many know when you're standing in front of the ocean, those waves come in? It, it, the wave comes in and then it kind of dies down and, and then another wave will come in. And so that's how it is with praying in other tongues um, is that when you pray that way, you'll, you'll see it kind of, you know, just like at the ocean edge, you know, the, it kind of builds up and then it, boom, and then it dies down. You'll see that same thing in your prayer walk, in your prayer time. It'll kind of build up and, and then it'll die down. Now, here's the thing. It's not over unless you want it to be over. That's, that's the key, is that, okay, we got over this. And many a times when you feel that, something has been accomplished in planet Earth. You feel it in here. Um, and, and, and so sometimes it dies down. Sometimes you rejoice. Sometimes you'll weep. Um, sometimes you will um, have, as Kenneth Hagin said, a note of victory with joy. You'll laugh. Um, but in many ways, you all, when you are in the spirit like that, it's just like a movie. Sometimes uh, that we're praying, but many a times um, it's, it's, it's easy for anointed minstrels to tap into the, the Holy Spirit to give them the sound. And the, sometimes the sound is slow. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's fast. But but many a times what we're dealing with in the invisible realm, just like they add a soundtrack to the movie, you know, and there are many movies you wouldn't pay attention to it if it wasn't for the music. The music makes it really intense. You know, and 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 then I like what they call the opposites, which is there'll be a fight scene, but they'll be playing like instrumental music, soft instrument music. I like that type of stuff, by the way. You know, but just so that's just a, a note. So te so we so we did that twice. If we had kept on going, we were able to do it three times, four times. If you stay, remember, heaven is always on. We're the ones that turn it off. Even the Bible says you can stir up the gift that's within you. So we, you can turn these things off. I know sometimes newer ministers where I came from, they would get in trouble because the pastor would ask them to minister and he was trying to train them. And, um, and he would, uh, he said, speak for 10 minutes. He's trying to get them used to it. So they would get up there and this is gonna sound very strange. When a pastor or someone gives you a time limit, the Holy Spirit does not turn off in 10 minutes. 
And so that's what, where I came from, where we came from. You know, I shouldn't say, well, they got in trouble with that guy. But he didn't explain to them. So they would go 10 minutes, but they would still feel the power of God on them, so they would keep on going. And in that particular ministry, you got in trouble and you pretty much couldn't preach again. <laughs> you know, but they, they, he should have had the wisdom to explain to them, look, when you get up there, their anointing is going to turn on because it's a law. And when the people lock on to you, the Holy Spirit will turn on. And watch this. If you'll disobey my instruction and preach for two hours, it'll still stay on. See, so, so the ways of the Spirit, it's very, um, it's very sad, you know, we, the Lord is going to use this ministry and others to, to, to recapture and go to the next level with what is being lost. I don't know if Emerson is in here or not. I had dinner, lunch with him a couple days ago. He's a minister. He was talking about a friend of his that's in the jail system. And the guy was like, dude, we're in America, and we're running into adults that have never even heard of Jesus. Don't even know who he is. Never heard his name before. That's scary, man. And this is what's being lost because the devil has done a number on the church, just, just done a number. My, my sister and I growing up, <clears throat> You know, my dad used to take us to uh, Cedar Point. We would do that as a family trip once a year. My relatives, they would go. And it was just always something we look forward to. Some of y'all know who Cedar Point is. It's like the best amusement park in the world, for real. I'm not just saying that because I went there. No, it is really rated the best. Well, it was when I was going. I don't know what's happened now. But, um, but that, it was just one of the biggest and best amusement parks. So anyway, we would go there. We spend all day there and it would only take us about an hour and a half, a two hour drive. But you're there all day enjoying yourself, so you're tired. And so we would all jump in our cars. Sometimes it would be 10, 11, 12 cars. And, and we would jump in the cars, so we we're all headed back home. And my dad usually was the leader. He was the leader of the pack. Everybody followed him, so he set the pace, he spent, uh, set the speed limit. But there was always someone in the group who their basic attitude was, I've had enough of this. I'm kind of tired of rolling with the group. I was trying my best to stay with y'all for unity's sake. But I gotta go. And you would see them come out the line and they would, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> He'd come out that line and, and maybe we were doing 70 and he would come out the line and everybody knew what was up. Everybody was like, okay, he's had enough, you know, and he's ready to push it and get on home. And, uh, and so he would pull out, and as he would go past each car, they would wave, and we would wave, and he'd pull on off into the darkness, you know. And it's amazing how those, everything in your life is speaking of heaven. So that scenario is what I'm doing now. Um, you know, you heard my Wednesday message about how I pulled back from God to try to make leaders comfortable and people and, and didn't realize the Lord was calling me to as big of a picture as you know, you better be careful with God. His picture for you is always bigger than your picture for you. You know, sometimes you let men or leaders squash that. But uh, Yonggi Cho, you know, my previous pastor, he said if he ever got 500-member church, he would be success. He ended up, you know, around 16,000, 18,000 members. Yonggi Cho over in Korea, he had written down when he was praying, everybody should have a vision board of what you're focusing on this year. But he wrote down 1,000, no, he wrote down 10,000-member church. And as, as he's, write down what you want and what you believe first, and as you pray, the Holy Spirit will adjust it to something. 
And so he uh, wrote down 10,000 members, but then the Holy Spirit told him to change that, put down 100,000. Now remember, whatever God asked you to change it to, that's not the end. That's the first goal. Because he ended up in 700,000. More like 2 million. Okay, so, <clears throat> so, you know, today is the start of our 21-day fast. And uh, we'll have language put up on social media and the website. It's just a very simple fast. It's going to be 21 days. I'm doing it in parallel with... Uh, Winter's Chapel, um, my father and the Lord, I'm doing it alongside him. He's starting it on Monday the 9th. So we'll do it through the 9th, through the 29th. And it's very simple. We're going to do a simple fast this time where, um, so you don't have to bombard me with 30 different questions about different types of fish and how to turn beans into ribs and all of that type of stuff. You know, I tell people, I tell people look, y'all, the, the fast is not for the purpose of creating, tapping into your creative juices to determine how skillful you are with, you know, I went to Panda Express and they had something that wasn't meat, but it was supposed to taste like meat. I only tried it because there was no meat left. And it's just strange. It's like chewing chicken and a rubber band at the same time, you know. <laughs> I don't know about this. You know, so, but anyway, back to the fast. It's very simple. You don't eat any food and you break the fast at 6 p.m. I've done it different every year. Uh, so to be totally honest with you, a fast means to not eat food. I'm talking to my imaginary congregation over here. <laughs> That's what it means. Holy Spirit told me something years ago. First of all, I'm, you know, I'm not a picky type of individual like this, but what we call the 21-day fast is not a fast. It's not. You study the scripture carefully. I'm about to get into the message, but you study the scripture carefully, and it never said Daniel was fasting. It says that he was in mourning. Go read it. Daniel chapter 10 says he was in mourning, and that's why he refrained from really good food. It didn't say he refrained from all food. It said he refrained from really, like, rich food and wine. He refrained from that. Now, it's not a coincidence, I believe. So there's nothing magical. Now, there, God does use the number 21, okay? But the reason why people focus on 21 days is because that's what it says. If the angel would have showed up in 10 days, guess what we would be doing at the beginning of every year? A 10-day fast. But when you study the whole scripture, you see people who fasted and got an answer the moment they fasted. So the fasting is not for the purpose of seeing this religious exercise to see how long you can deal without food so that you can please God. No, it's for the purpose of pulling back from food so that your spirit man becomes more empowered to deal with certain things that only fasting can break. And it's supposed to be fasting and prayer. As my pastor says, fasting without prayer is just a supernatural diet. You know, and so it's fasting and it's prayer. So it's 21 days. Oh, let me go back to the example. If you look at Daniel chapter 9, it said Daniel fasted from all food. And the angel showed up that day. Daniel chapter 10, he fasted from only really good food. In that scenario, it took the angel 21 days. So... The jury is not on all this, but it might be that the, that's not a coincidence that the Lord was showing you the difference of speed. Here, in one scenario, he refrained from all food. Angels showed up that day. Next scenario, he refrained from a little bit of food. And then the angel, 21 days, still would be fighting right now if it hadn't affected our angel hadn't showed up. So I'll do this. Now, during the 21 days, I'm going to encourage you during that 21 days to try to do a three-day no-food fast. Okay. And so there's something very powerful. I learned that overseas about a three-day no-food fast. Um, now, still drink water. 
you know, the big boys over there, they do a 40-day no food fast, and then on the last three days, they don't do any water. It's going to take me a minute to get to that level. <laughs> you know, maybe when I'm 60 or something and don't have to drive kids around, and, and y'all know what I'm saying. It's, man, it's, I mean, you know, when you, some of, now there are some people, we have people in the congregation that they've done a 40-day fast. Some of them have done more than 40 days with no food. You know, that's, that's not my testimony. I've, I think, I think, no, no, I don't, I shouldn't think. I, uh, I know I've gotten through three days, no food, but never mind. <laughs> I'm really trying to remember. Y'all get my point. So it's, it's, you just cut it off. Now, I understand that some of you, your schedules are different. Uh, you want, the, the goal is to try to do 24 hours with one meal. That's the goal. So some of you work in the evening. Some of us work in the morning. So don't get caught up in that. 6 p.m., the goal is to eat one meal in 24 hours. Now, once again, the Lord did not tell us to do this. So don't let the devil pull you in condemnation if you feel the need that you have to eat because you're a little weak. There have been times that I have told my household, I'm going on a fast. And before I got to the tea, I was already eating. Because <laughs> I came up with that idea. I mean, no, you come up with an idea like I'm getting ready to... No, no. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to have to try this again. Now, there are times when the Lord will put you on the fast. If the Lord tells you to fast, you better fast. Because he's trying to save you from something, trying to advance you. Okay, so, so that's what we're going to do starting on Monday. It's very, very simple. Yes, you should try to also refrain from coffee and sweets and sodas and, and stuff like that. Go as far, as far as you can. But the basic of the fast is you simply get up and, 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 and watch this. Throughout the day... It's the fast is not 21 days of you grumbling and complaining and oh man, I don't want to know. And you looking at the clock all day long. Six o'clock is almost here. It, no, it's for the purpose of you just trying to sacrifice the flesh. Um, Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The moment you stop eating, you're actually tick-tocking towards death. Think about it. If you ate a meal this morning, as long as you don't eat, you're slowly but surely moving towards death. You got to eat again so that resets. So the longer you go without food, the clo as a Christian, the closer you're getting towards heaven. And so heaven begins. So it's, it's deeper stuff, and we'll teach on that this week. No, this month. Okay, so, so y'all with me this morning? So over the years, I've noticed that churches do a fast, but the fast is usually based on what we want to happen for us. It's not even a purpose for a fast. So most, and I paid attention to that, and we've even done it a little bit, I guess. But we, we do a fast, and what do we do? I'm getting ready to fast for my healing. I'm getting ready to fast for my prosperity. People are fasting a second to get that cable bill paid. You know, and I'm getting ready to fast for my destiny. I'm getting ready to fast for my ministry. I'm getting ready to fast for my... So that's not really the purpose for fasting. One of the main purposes for a 21-day fast in the beginning of the year is for you to do a divine reset. Lord... How far off track did I get last year? Because I did not do completely what I was supposed to do, would you please say again what you told me last year, but I did not hear? And it's very dangerous when God speaks and you didn't hear. The Bible says he speaks once, then he speaks twice. And because you didn't hear either one of those times, he then comes to you in a dream to talk to you about four different scenarios. And that's very sad because a, a lot of times dreams is God's mercy because you didn't hear the other way. And then the church comes around and says dreams was the spaghetti and the pizza and the television show you ate last night. No, listen to me, television show you ate last night. <laughs> television show. You want to know why sometimes when you have a dream, 
that you dream about the television show, God was showing you his wisdom. He used the last thing you experienced while you were awake to turn it into symbolism while you are asleep. So, so you know, but anyway. All righty. So this is what I want us to do this morning. I'm going to run through this. This is very important. There is a new darkness. I'm sorry. There is an ancient darkness that is headed our way. And most of the body of Christ is not ready for it. It's very interesting. I even have to be careful about when I listen to some preachers, they're talking about, oh, the church is getting ready to take over. No, they're not. Church is getting ready to do this. We're getting ready to experience this. I'm like, well, that's not what Jesus said about the last days. Jesus said in the last days, he said, many would depart from the faith. Jesus said about the love days that the love of God would grow cold even if his own children. You know, and then he said, when it came to the last days, he said, few would make it in. So how many glad to be a part of that few? So God never needs a whole lot. He never needs a whole lot. And people say, we need to get back to the book of Acts. We need to get back to the book of Acts. No, we don't. The book of Acts um, is the starting place, not the ending place. The book of Acts was how it started. So, so what's, what was supposed to happen is, now that we're here on the back end, we were supposed to make the book of Acts look like Sunday school. You know? And so I'm one of those individuals, I've been listening, and, and for my own reasons, I had done it myself, just everybody keeps saying what we need to get back to, what we need to get back to, what we need to get back to. And then how many know? We never get back to it. You know what I'm saying? For the most part. Now, we restored a lot of things. So let me share a few things with you because... Uh, as one minister put it, I think it was Uber Angel in the UK. He said something, and it was the way he said it. He said, um, he said, there is no more room for the church to have a playground. None. I don't care if you're eight years old or 80. I don't care. You better learn how to get your life together with this because everything that we're doing in the natural, the Bible says that... Um, all the planet and the works therein will be burnt up. And so uh, it's been grieving me because I'm just watching a whole generation just give their destiny away. You know, over social media, sports, video games, dumb stuff. And the devil has done a masterful job with social media. Um, by Now God is going to use that, but he's done a masterful job. With so I call these items destiny thieves because the amount of time that you looked up a bunch of stupid stuff that people did all day you know I opened up a TikTok account and I said let me just get on here and look I was appalled within the first 15 minutes I was just like this is just crazy and it draws you in it's something about stupid stuff that draws you in it's just something about cataclysmic stuff. Traffic was going along just fine. And you've been stuck in traffic for, how many, especially in Atlanta, you were stuck in traffic for 15 minutes. And you, I mean, you swear an airplane must have crashed up there. Oh, and, and you go past and there's two people on the side of the road. And, and the problem is that everybody's just. <laughs> so through this social media thing, and, and there is a greater reward for this generation because the temptations are greater. Paul, as I say, Paul and Peter and them, <laughs> they didn't have these temptations. They didn't have television. They didn't have movies. They, they, you know what I'm saying? They didn't really take vacation because 
You know, if you're going to go to Florida, it's going to take you about three months to get there back. You know what I'm saying? So they didn't have all of these temptations and all of these um, alternatives and all of these things that kind of grab your attention. They were just mostly living off, mostly agricultural people, farmers. They didn't have anything. It was easy for them to pray all day. Easy for them to be in the world all day. Easy to be committed to the things of God. Today, we have too much competition. And the problem is, people are, how many of you know, um, you, you eat the cake, but you only ate it because of the icing and how it looked. And if the icing doesn't look right, right. you'll eat it. You're like, no, that doesn't look right. So I think I'm going to leave that alone. And so what's going on right now is, is that the church is not even losing any icing and the devil has made it look really, really good. And so we are in a straight dilemma where we are surrounded by an ancient type of evil. Whereas in the United States, for example, there used to be no such thing really as if you were a witch, you, you hid that. You didn't even come outside with a hat on and a, you know what I'm saying? You didn't even watch the Wizard of Oz. You didn't want nobody to know now, you know? And just the perversion, and it's just the perversion is just multiplying. And you're going to be very, very appalled. The Bible talks about how um, Lot was so grieved, vexed, as he was vexed, being surrounded by all of that evil. And you're going to have to get used to doing the will of God while being vexed by people around you. Someone sent me, one of my family members, might have been my wife, sent me something, showed me something yesterday. It was a book at the library called The Gay BCs. And um, it's at the library. And um, it's A for, uh, I can't remember what A for. B was for bisexual. Um, C was for coming out. Um, so they go to the whole ABCs, but it has to do. The whole, you, learn, you learn your whole ABCs in the realm of perversion. Somebody was showing me a video this morning about a drag queen. And the drag queen was saying, why in the world would you fools let somebody like me read a book to your kids? What has a drag queen accomplished that you put them on the same level as a teacher that got a four-year degree to teach your child? They said, would you want a stripper coming in there to do that? Would you want the leader of a pornographical? So why in the world are we all of a sudden so important to teach your children? So, and, you know, like a friend of mine said, I see another church conference. And we just stuck. You know, and you go to these church conferences, and all it is was the same thing y'all did on Sunday morning. You just invited some speakers and drained the church's money, paying them $10,000 to say the same thing I could have got on YouTube free. So I'm shifting. I'm pulling away. And, and the moment, you know how you can turn your dial to a radio station and the signal comes in. And so you heard, you have to listen to Wednesday night, okay, um, where I talked about how I was kind of backing off a little bit of what the Lord was calling me to do because of how big it was. But, but the, let me tell you something. The moment I turned that dial to accept it 100%, at the same moment, Satan turned his attention to me. I could feel, you know, when I, when I turn my dial, my, your spirit will, you got to learn how to build your spirit up. Your spirit will communicate things that you can't see and comprehend. When I did it, I could feel, it was like this long, it's like my spirit went for eternity. I can't explain. It was like, okay, now you're about to fly because you turned the right way. You're on the right road. Boom. And, and that was like that for about four or five days. And all of a sudden, I could feel the blockade in the future. 
I can feel it. And, and you can just feel it. You know, you're not going to accomplish big things today without being talked about. You got to be willing to die for Jesus Christ. Nowadays, people don't want to die. They want to live. The Bible says, except a corn of wheat died, it remains alone. But if it dies, it'll bear much fruit. So, so I want you all, we're going to do this week by week for this 21 days. This first week, first week is going to be you doing a checkup on yourself. And when I get to the end, yes, I'll get to the end and I'll let you know about a major change that I am making. And I think you will understand why. Y'all ready? Amen. I'm sucked up half the time with my special, but that's all right. Yo, I have to be totally honest with you. One of the things you'll see on the back end of this, one of the things is, is that I will no longer be able to submit to time. Our church services from now on will be building the greatest army that the world has ever seen. And with it, we will have to let people know. Our services are supposed to be in an hour and a half, but we're letting you know it's okay for you to leave if we steer here four hours later. So there are more people listening to us than you would imagine. So these are the things that you want to look at during this fast. Let's do a little bit of a checkup this morning. This Matthew 6.33 it says, so above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. That is a law. They said if you seek us correctly, if you put us first correctly, if you spend more time with us than all of the other stupid stuff, we'll add the stupid stuff to you abundantly. The stupid stuff is cars, money, getting out of debt, promotion, all of those things that we wish we could have. And I'm just going to brush stroke these. Each one of these is its own separate teaching. I don't have time for that today. James 1.22, it says, but don't just listen to God's word. Do what it says. Otherwise, you are fooling yourself. Now, see, we read the scriptures and you say, mm, amen, but not really understanding what it says. Because if God says, if you're not a doer, you're fooling yourself, how many of you know you're fooling yourself? And God does almost everything in threes or sets of three. I was taught seven was God's dominant number. That was, I was amazed and appalled when I found out that's not even close to true. Three is the most dominant number. I had to add that based on things we're going to go over in just a moment. So each week we will add, Hosea 6.2 says, after two days will he revive us. In the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. This is what you call, well, I shouldn't say this is not the law of due reference, but remember the scripture says about itself is seven layers deep. So you're like, well, what do you mean after two days you're going to revive us and in the third day? Number one, there's a secret there that, that if you do a three-day no food fast in the first day, first two days, God is building you back up so that on the third day, y'all understand what I'm saying? But then it's also speaking about 2,000 years. It's also talking about from the time that Jesus went back to heaven. After 2,000 years of human history, during that time, I will be reviving you all from the dead. But in the third year, Amen. you'll come to heaven and live of my sight. Yes. Y'all got that? Amen. So many other scriptures, like the parable of the, uh, you remember, the, is it the parable of the Samaritan? Y'all remember the parable? Of the, how y'all reading y'all Bible is... Yeah. Y'all been, you've been reading your Bible. 
I'm the one that's behind now, Jesus. I'm just like, Lord, I didn't told everybody else to read their Bible. And I'm, I'm never mind. Let me just. <laughs> How many you know you get this right over here and then now you off over here. You get on top of this and now this is falling to shambles. That's why people tell me, what's the balance of life? There is no balance. You just got to keep doing the steering wheel like this so you don't crash. Okay. So that's what we're going to do. In the first week, the Lord is going to revive us. The second week, he's going to revive us. And the third week is when he's going to start speaking. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. My faith is genuine. You are not the one who is allowed to judge yourself. You must go into the word and allow it to judge you to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you failed the first test. <laughs> That's crazy. What did Jesus say? I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. You thought that was figurative. He said, what, two or three? Let me tell you something. A church is not coming to a building. A church is where two or three together, together even if it's at Starbucks. That's what we're getting ready to move over to. Revelation 1, 10. It was the Lord's day. Let me say something. Don't be scared. of If you're not, if you're not saved, you should be scared of the book of Revelation because your testimony is in there. I'm not scared. I love the book of Revelation. <laughs> Y'all laughing at me because of what I said. Yeah, you're, going, you're, you're reading about yourself. You're reading about yourself. <laughs> but if you're a son of God, if you're a daughter of the king, you're going to be in heaven with Holy Ghost binoculars. Like I always say, Jesus, I didn't even know you were this violent. Huh? This is some crazy mess right here. I watched Armageddon on TV, but this is nowhere close. The Bible says about Revelation, it is the only book that says this. It says there are, is a blessing on the ones who read it and hear it. So how much have you missed out? And let me tell you something. Because you're in that day, we have to get into the book of Revelation to kind of see kind of where we are. I kind of sense where we are. It's a very symbolic book. But anyway, it was the Lord's day, and I was worshiping in the spirit, which means and the Bible says you can worship in your language. Known languages, most of us is English. Um, or you can worship in your spiritual language. So worshiping in the spirit is you are praying in other tongues, but your energy, your hand movement, your, your mind, your intellect is all focused on, Lord, I can't worship you good enough in my English or my Spanish or whatever language you speak. That's not good enough. I got to switch over to worshiping you in a mysterious way, a higher level. The Holy Spirit will worship you through my language. And so you're praying in tongues. See how to see, see the energy you can. If, if you didn't understand my language, you can see that it seems like I'm talking to somebody, like I'm worshiping somebody. Okay. And he did that. He said, I was worshiping that way. And I heard, which means if he wasn't worshiping, he wouldn't have heard. So how much have you not heard because you don't worship? The radio signal is always on. The question is how much you dial into it. Yes, yes. Suddenly, I heard behind me a large voice with a trumpet blast. It said, write in a book everything you see. Send it to the seven churches in the cities of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands. Standing in the midst of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. 
He wore a long robe. Who wore Revelation? Sorry, I just got a revelation. No, I'm uh, okay, I didn't. All right, okay. No, as they say, no pun intended. Okay, whatever. No, no, help me out. I'm going to help me out because there are revelations that are on site. John was one. Of, this is the same John that was one of Jesus' disciples, right? Okay, so I get it. So he knew what Jesus looked like in planet Earth, but he's seeing Jesus in his other form. That's why he said it was kind of, it kind of reminded me of Jesus. That's why he said that. That just hit me. I'm professional, but I'm not that professional. I'm probably not professional long, to be totally honest with you. Okay. And uh, someone like the Son of Man, he was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. Can you imagine standing in front of a being like this? He held seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth, and his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I'm the living one. I died, but look, I'm alive forever and ever. I hold the keys of death and the grave. Write down what you have seen, both the things that are now happening and the things that will happen. This is the meaning, this is symbolism here. Now, this is where you learn how as you are studying the Bible, the Bible is also giving you the keys for symbolism for your dreams. This is the meaning of the mystery of the seven stars you saw on my right hand and the seven gold lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven lampstands are are the seven churches so they just let you know right there in a dream they will use those two symbols to speak of those two things understand you have to do that with the whole bible <clears throat> revelation 3 1 now he told them write down i'm getting ready to write a letter to all of the seven churches in this geographical area each one had a different letter this is a word to the entire church but you also want to see yourself here he said, write this letter to the angel of the church in Sardis. This is the message from the one who has the sevenfold spirit of God and the seven stars. I know all the things you do. You want to make sure that you're good with that. And that you have a reputation for being alive, but you're really dead. This is the church right now. Wake up. Strengthen what little remains for even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly as unexpected as a thief. Yet there are some in the church in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes with evil. They will walk with me in white for they are worthy. All who are victorious will be clothed in white. I will never erase their name from the book of life. But I will announce before my father and his angels that they are mine. Okay. Remember in one of the other letters to one of the churches, he said, if you don't get to act together, he said, I'll blow your candle out, which means I'll close the church. Like I said a few weeks ago, people are always talking about the devil is busy. No, he's not. Yeah, he's not that busy. The devil is not more busy than God. Trust me. Okay, he's he just doing the same old stupid stuff that he's always doing, you know, but, but be totally honest with you, Jesus closes more churches than the devil. 
he was the one. And he said, Jesus said, the gates of hell should not prevail against my church. So any church that almost spoken tongues, let's just keep on going. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. I'm just giving you a checkup. You know what the things that I'm going to do? I'm going to take the church much deeper. But I'm not going to be concerned giving you all of that stuff. Like, ooh, that was deep revelation. Mm -hmm, and you're still broke. That was deep revelation. And you're still sick. That was a powerful message. He showed me stuff that I've never seen before. Yep, and you still don't have a close relationship with the Holy Spirit. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, this is a command. Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. When people get saved, they are taught to set their sights on a church service. They're not taught to set their sights on heaven. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, Christ, who is your life, not part of your life, he is your life. When he's revealed to the whole world, you will share and all that he owns. It's a dangerous scripture because we don't know what this dude owns. The universe is already too big. Okay. When you stand before Jesus, that scripture right there is going to judge you big time. And there are some people, I'm just talking slowly today, it just seems like what has really kind of, this has been a painful year for me, to be totally honest with you. I really had to admit, it's been a painful year for me because I realized that there are a lot of people that they talk a really good game. But the truth be told is they're okay with giving away their eternity for a little bit of time. They're good with that. And I had to be good with that because I wasn't good with that. I was getting grieved by showing people, you know, y'all know I can, you know, I can take you there when I teach on heaven. Okay, just by the power of the Holy Spirit, how my mind works. I mean, and I, I, I thought, I'm being honest with you. I thought that if I showed people what heaven is like, I thought if I would press into that, I pressed into something so much a few weeks ago at the Sunday location, it scared me. I thought that if I could, if I could give them access to that, but I forgot that one third of the angels left heaven while they were there. They were there and they left. You haven't been there and I'm going to convince everybody? No. So you got to get over to you all. And how many of you know, it's very grieving when you preach the gospel to somebody and they don't take the bite. It makes you feel like you're a failure. You're not a failure. The Bible says one plants, another one waters. Leave the increase up to God. Your reward will be for planting and watering, not for increasing. There's some of you that you're praying for people, neighbors and relatives and friends and coworkers, and you haven't seen them come into the kingdom yet. That's not your problem. That's God's. Because how many of you know, God can scare you into the kingdom. His name is Paul. The man was persecuting us. Just wreaking havoc on the church, as the scripture says. The man didn't even want to get saved, and God forced him to be saved. And said, now you're going to suffer because I got many things I got for you to do. So if the person you're praying for is not saved yet, just keep on praying. Just talking, this is a divine checkup. You have to, and let me tell you something, but how I many you know, when you do the wrong thing, no one comes to stop you. When you do the right thing, you can't even get through two days. 
And here come Lucifer and his cousin and his aunt with rollers in her hair and everything. I used to say that and even got an auntie wear rollers every single day. Ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm just letting you know what runs through my mind when I walk through Walmart. So, God is asking you to focus in on heaven, which means you got to be in the Word and study it. You got to ask the Lord to reveal it to you. First Corinthians three eight. This is a killer. Some of you heard this. The back end you haven't. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. I just read that. Said that. Both will be rewarded for their own hard work, which means the rewards are not the same on the other side. You're going to be rewarded for your individual hard work. People think you're going to be rewarded because of your title. Or wrong answer. God does not pay titles. He pays workers. So there's so many people that are faithful Christians and they actually believe that their pastor is going to get a greater reward than them. You are so out of order and wrong. We are both God workers. That's one teaching. You are God's field. That's another teaching. And you are God's building. That's a third teaching. See that three again? Because of God's grace to me, I've laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. Whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful, not casual, careful. No one can lay any foundation other than the one we've already laid, Jesus Christ. If anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials. This scripture still blows my mind. Anyone who builds on the foundation of Jesus may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, and jewels, which is the category of good decisions, three categories of good decisions, and wood, hay, and straw, which are the three categories of bad decisions. Again, when you see the good decisions, gold, silver, jewels. Scripture says it another way, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Scripture says it another way. That was acceptable, that which is good, that which is perfect. See it in the school system. A, perfect. B, good. C, my eyebrows are raised at you. You're either going to get a spanking or have your video game taken away forever. See it in a race. First place, second place, third place. I came in fourth place. Wonderful. We didn't get enough trophies. Come back next year. <laughs> Olympics, gold, silk. See that? God is always speaking the same pattern because all the categories are three good. Everything you say, everything you do, every decision you made is put into one of those six categories. It's converted to something upstairs. Heaven is not a completed place. It is an evolving place every day and every moment. So everything you do and say today, even how you worshiped in the service, was put into one of those categories. Gold, silver, jewel, wood, hay, stubble. It's added to a building. Um, let me finish this. I can't believe this says this. It says on judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, the builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. See, this has nothing to do with title, has nothing to do with degree, has nothing to do with anything. I'm training a man right now that got two master's degrees and a PhD. Failing miserably. Y'all, let me tell you something to all of you all, because there are going to be a lot of preachers that are going to hate me now. Well, they already kind of hate me, but they get ready to hate me more. And I had already had come over and come at me. Already two of them came at me. When I made this statement, there is nothing in the kingdom of God that requires you to have a degree or go to Bible school. 
All of this stuff was created from, by men for the purpose of control. Look at Jesus Bible School. Let me find 12 guys that's on the street that are not religious. They're pretty much business owners, as, they, as the young kid said. They're about it, about it when it comes to the handling of their affairs. All of these new terms, I can't keep up with this stuff. And then by the time you get it, it's extinct. Now the kids come up with something else crazy. You know, I'll, I'll, do, so I'll come in with a nice suit. And my kids are saying all type of stuff. Is this a compliment or a curse? What is this? I don't know what y'all are talking about. They're like, oh, you're dapping and, and, and fleeking. And I'm like, what? And so I just pretend like I know what they're talking about. I don't know what they're talking about. What was I even saying? I can't even remember what I was saying. What did you say? Oh, yeah, Jesus School was pick 12 guys off the street. Okay, watch me for a few, watch me for a few days. You got it? Yeah, go ahead and do it. Raise the dead without no training? Yeah, and I'm not going to micromanage it. You go out there and you come back and tell me what happened. Remember what they said? They said, Lord, this really works. They said, even the devils are subject unto us through your name. Listen to what he said. Eh. He said, that ain't nothing. Just be, he said, what you should be happy about is where you're going forever. Amen. Casting out demons was supposed to be something you don't even celebrate. That's just part of warfare. Now, what do we have? The majority of the body of Christ is now philosophical and intellectual. You just need to take a pill. It's not really a demon. So I guess Jesus was wrong now because he's the one who said that in the last day generation, it would be worse. He said in the last day generation, you'll kick Satan out and then that devil will go and find seven. These are formulas, folk, seven others more wicked than himself, which lets you know that there is degrees of wickedness. And he said, then all of them will come back and go right back into that person. And they said, it'll be worse for that person than before. Didn't say we couldn't cast them out. It said it'll be worse for them. And he, then, then he said this, which is scary. That'll be the testimony of the last day generation. Now, Jesus said it'll be more prevalent than what you saw me do. But then you got everybody saying, oh, no, we just go to the doctor and take a pill. But you're looking at society become infested with the invisible evil. Devon and I casted a demon out of somebody like, I don't know. Oh, it's a girl. And I hijacked this fool. You can get your inner gangster out with deliverance. You, can, you can't cuss because they will read you in. Sometimes you want to cuss. I'm dead serious because these things are violent. Wicked. And when they get to cussing you out, they're pulling you in, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Ah, let me speak in tongues right now. These things are violent. We held this dude up. I said, what's your main agenda against the church? Huh, children. So when you see this vicious attack, what well, I read on the news yesterday, I went on Fox News, and three out of the top five stories about one child being killed, another one being kidnapped, another one, uh, one school system is trying to make it where they keep the identity of the child from the parents. And see, let me tell y'all something. Some parents are crazy. We used to have to be scared of Al-Qaeda. I'm dead serious. See, they're going to do something to the wrong dude or what's worse, to the wrong mama. And she's going to be sitting out there in front of your building with a grenade vest on. You did this to my child? Okay. Get all the children out of the building. <laughs> Is the school board in there? Mm-hmm. Boom! 
telling you, you messing, man, you man, you mess with the wrong mama. She worse than a daddy. I mean, y'all saw taken, but but there's some women that have. Did y'all know that the F, I shouldn't even be saying this. Did y'all know that the FBI uses stay-at-home moms sometimes when it comes to the criminals in their minivans and everything? Because they saw and suspected. Who, you know, what drug dealer would think that the mom with the stay-at-home, stay-at-home mom with the minivan next to him is eavesdropping? Because I mean, no, there's nothing. There's no eavesdropper like a stay-at-home mom with kids. Oh, they will eavesdrop on your behind. You just. I don't even know where this stuff is coming from. <laughs> Let's get Christ is your life. And he's paying. He said, I know everything you do. I want to go to heaven and, and, and not find out what I did. I want to go there knowing that I did the right thing. Every aspect of what you do is being recorded and put into a formula to determine a reward. Second Corinthians 4, 16 so no wonder we don't give up. Even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner being is renewed every single day. That's not the case for most people. In order to renew your inner being, you got to pray in tongues and spend time in the Word every day. We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. Most people don't do that. They complain. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal weighty glory far beyond all comparison. Because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. We're supposed to pay attention to what we can't see. Satan has convinced the body of Christ to, to say that what we can't see doesn't exist. So only make decisions according to what you see. And then you wonder why what you see is going down the tube faster than you flushing the toilet. And I'm telling you, the church is going to have to have serious meetings like this, and we're going to have to shift. So here's the role of the church. As we get on the back end of this now, we're close to being. Mark 16, 15, he told them, go in all the world, not in all of the churches. You know what I told I was telling when meeting those guys, I said, can you imagine what would happen if every single church in America, if we could convince every single church in America on a Sunday morning to not have church service and everybody hit the streets? <laughs> See, they praying for revival, but it doesn't need to be prayed for. You just need to obey what Jesus said. How I many you know in the book? I, no, I don't need to explain that to y'all. Y'all already know what the problem is. Amen. He said, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. Anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who've been to Bible school. These miraculous signs will accompany those who have a title. These miraculous signs will accompany those that are a part of a certain denomination. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. How many believers do I have in here? And the question is, how come you can't cast out demons in his name? You're supposed to be able to speak in tongues. You're supposed to be able to handle snakes live in an agriculture society. I don't mean you have a snake worship service, you know. It says, if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. Do you know what that means? It literally means that one of the signs of a Christian is they will walk in a certain level of invincibility. And it says they'll be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. This is all of the stuff the body of Christ is going to be judged for. Why didn't y'all do this? You were having conferences. I told you to do this. You were doing everything else and calling it ministry. That's not ministry. It was cool and it's fun. That's not ministry. You wanted to do that, but you didn't do any of this. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. This is the biggest checkup. Y'all like, man, I feel like I've been to the doctor 15 times. Hold on. The back end is really crazy. 
Who? But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, three. Patience, kindness, goodness, three. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, three. There is no law against these things because these nine fruit run heaven. So in the next graphic, okay, this will be the most important thing, okay? During this fast, you need to, see, this is what you call taking your life seriously. Yo, you're welcome to pull your picture up, take, I don't even want to tell y'all that. Just pull your pictures out, take picture. <laughs> I, I had them take pictures, pull the phone out one time, and a lady on the front was like, move, move, your big head is in the way. I just, <laughs> that was hilarious. So this graphic, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You need to go, during your prayer, during this week, you need to check in with the Holy Spirit about how, and some of y'all, you already know. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit, one. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord, two. There are differences of our operations, but it's the same God, which works all in all, three. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the spirit the word of wisdom, another word of knowledge, another faith, another gifts of healings, another working of miracles, another prophecy, another discerning of spirits, another different kinds of tongues, another interpretation of tongues. But all these work that one and self same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he's will. So you look at this graphic, this is what the church is supposed to be operating in also. Every single last one of you have at least two or three of these, you just don't know. Now, some of you do because you're a part of here, but you got, you've been suppressing it. You can't explain it, okay? Word of wisdom. Word of wisdom is when the Holy Spirit gives you supernatural revelation about making a decision concerning the future. The word of knowledge is when the Holy Spirit reveals to you something about a person's present or past for the purpose of helping them. That's why some of you in here, you don't operate it fluently, but you go places and you just know stuff about people. It's the word of knowledge. Okay? Discerning of spirits. It is not the spirit of discernment. That's nosy people. Discerning of spirits is when the Holy Spirit activates your eyes and you can see the invisible realm. You can see heaven. You can see angels. You can see demons. You can see spiritual robots. You can see stuff you can't explain. Or in the midst of deliverance, you can discern what type of demonic spirit is on the entire that individual. So you might be doing deliverance like we do every weekend. And then you'll say, mm, I think this person, I think they got the spirit of lust or the spirit of Jezebel. Boom, 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 all those things. Okay. That's discerning of spirits. Those top three, those are the three gifts that reveal something. Then you have tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. Can't explain that. Those are the three gifts that say something. Then you have the last three, which is special faith, not just regular faith. Special faith is your, your child is stuck underneath the car, and even though you're a little small, frail woman, God gives you his faith and sets yours down, and at that moment, you can lift the whole planet with a finger. Special faith. Gifts of healing, different type of gifts and ways to get people healed. Gifts of healing is, never mind, it's gifts. They're strange. It's a gifting to get people healed. Okay, you remember when G, would you like to see? Here's an example of the gift of healings. Um, how many know you better be gifted if a man is blind and you take your spit and you, and you make a mud cake and you then put it on his eyes and then do something crazy? Now, now go jump in the river. <sighs> you just, I know, no, Jesus is crazy. I should say his father is. But y'all see that? How many know? Now, if you do that, as they say, don't try this at home, we good if the person comes back seeing. 
But if you spit on somebody and they're still just as blind as they were before, you're going to have some problems on your hand. <laughs> he might gain his eyesight just to whip your behind. That's, I'm just letting you know. Special faith, gifts of healings, and then working of miracles. Working of miracles have to be worked. That's all. Those are the nine gifts of the Spirit. What's very interesting is the nine gifts coincide with the nine fruit. I didn't have time to call him because it was too late, but the Holy Spirit gave Eric the revelation about how the nine gifts coincide with the nine fruit. And what's deep is the nine fruit are needed so that you don't lose your mind with the gifts because gifts make you arrogant. Just because you got a word for somebody or healed somebody, now we need to bring you in on a pedestal with a floating chair and a cane and a special hat and you need five titles and got five members with five bodyguards and ain't nobody trying to kill you behind. It's unreal what I don't run into. Y'all got that? Y'all see all of these things that are supposed to be employed? You see how far the church is off? And watch this. And then when it comes to all of the stuff I'm showing you, for most places, it's stuck in one man. And they're not even in him. It's in the congregation. Five-fold gift is for the purpose of teaching the people to do the work of the ministry. We won't let them do it. Because if you're trying to make a name for yourself, you don't want your congregations to do nothing. They are your competition. If you serve a king, the only reason you exist is to fight for your king. Y'all got me? Romans 13, 11. Knowing that the time now, knowing the time that it is now high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than what we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. If we could peel your skill back, skin back, we would see if you had armor on or not. And if you have it on, we can tell how strong it is by how bright it is because it's the armor of light, not the armor of steel. Y'all got me? Let's read about that armor just for a second. Okay, we, I'm not too late. We're still going. I told you I'm not submitted to time, but I am almost done. But this last part is going to mess you up. Put on God's complete, Ephesians 6, 11. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the, compu of the confuser. Of the confuser. Yeah, well, he is the confuser too, but the accuser, the confuser, the all that other stuff. You better be very careful when the Lord tells you to put something on and you don't. This is not religious people coming up. This is your heavenly father telling you, put this on, daughter. Put this on. And, you know, and this armor, unfortunately, this armor is going to have to protect you from the enemy and your brothers and sisters in Christ. That's the unfortunate thing. You will not be allowed to obey God without people in the same kingdom fighting against you. Jesus had to deal with it. Paul had to deal with it. Okay. It says in verse 12, your hand-to-hand -hand combat is not with human beings. It seems that way if you look out here, doesn't it? It says, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. I'm going to do a Bible study soon on that about how much God calls the demonic realm gods lowercase g of course because of this so now they just let you know about the different classes of demonic spirits that are doing all of this stuff you can't see it you just see the effect they're puppets says they hold the whole world in bondage they got one has this claw on every single person making them do certain things making them do certain things it says your it says because of this you must wear all the armor all of it 
not just the person you like, that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanderer. You, can't you see the spirit of slander just do everything from race to politics to sports to everything? Even the dogs telling on each other now. It's just crazy. I only said that because it was a dog letting me have it this morning at the gas station when I stopped to get some Gatorade. Never mind. I don't know why I'm telling y'all this. It says these spirits hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so you are protected as you confront him. Verse 14, put on truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. That's the reason why the world wants to create your truth and my truth. That weakens the truth. I shouldn't say that. It's their, it's their attempt to weaken it. Because the Bible says you can do nothing against the truth. Not a thing. Put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart. Holy living makes it's like wearing a bulletproof vest. Stand on your feet alert. You'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing armies coming at you from the evil one. People say, now God told you that the enemy is shooting at you every day. You're like, no, it's not. I didn't feel anything. It's not based on feelings. We can see it through your actions, your lack of victory, your lack of commitment, your discipline. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Hmm. <laughs> Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. And take the mighty razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. Pray passionately in the spirit like we did a few minutes ago as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon all believers. Okay, now, as the preachers say, as we get ready to close, put up the picture of this book. If you don't have this book, I'm going to encourage you to read it. A Vision. It is by far the best book that I have ever read. Randall and I have both read the book many times. That book will explain a lot of things about the time that we live in. You take a picture of it. I would not be standing here, I believe, if it wasn't for that book. Um, it, the, the entire book is a one vision. One vision. A very long one, similar to like the one that, uh, you know, Revelation is, the book of Revelation is one vision. It's crazy. How do you even remember to write all that stuff down? Was he writing when he saw it? Did they heighten his abilities? I don't know. But the book of Revelation is one vision. And still, God is still doing that today. My pastor, he was in a vision for 18 hours. That book is one vision. And, and the first part of it is like, is, is what spiritual warfare looks like in the spiritual realm. Phenomenal. And then, the middle part of the book of that one, the vision, is the Lord catching him up to heaven and him talking to Christians and why, you know, I've taught that heaven is on levels. And, and, and the number one group that was in the lowest part of heaven were pastors and ministers. And he was able to interview them and why they were in those particular spots. One minister said that he lost his life because uh, if he didn't, he would have gone to hell. And the other part of the book gets over into the Lord putting him in divine scenarios to show him why he was getting ready to call people like you all. And I'm going to read that. You can read the whole book. The book changed my life. It more than changed my life. I probably read the book 13, 14 times. And when you read it, it's like reading. And, and when I read it, guess what? Every time I read it, I find that I'm off again. There's no, how many of you read that book? How many of you agree? That's, that's one of the baddest books you have ever read. I mean, it's... <laughs> So this is just an expert. 
an excerpt from the book. The Lord took him into this vision and, uh, and showed him this army. He said, this is the body of Christ. So you can start the graphics and just kind of follow along with me. It's a short. Go to the first graphic. Make sure that we're on point here. All right. So he said the group was in three different divisions. He said the first group was battalions, companies, and squads. They were distinguished by such things as sashes that each different group wore. All wore armor that was polished silver, shields that appeared to be pure gold, and weapons that were both silver and gold. The banners were huge, 30 to 40 feet long. As they marched, their armor and weapons flashed in the sun like lightning. And the flapping of the banners and the tread of their feet sounded like rolling thunder. I did not think the earth had ever witnessed anything like this before. Then I was close enough to see their faces. They were male, female, old, young, and seemingly every race. There was a fierce resolution on their faces, and yet they did not seem tense. There was a sense of war in the air, but in the ranks I could feel such a profound peace that I knew not a single one was in fear of the battle they were marching to. The spiritual atmosphere I felt when close to them was as awesome as their appearance. I then looked at their uniforms. Their colors were brilliant. Every soldier also wore rank insignias and medals. The generals and other high-ranking officials marched in the rank with the others. In other words, the leaders were amongst the people because they didn't think they were better than them. They all seemed to be close friends from the highest rank to the lowest. Though it was obvious that those with higher ranks were in charge, no one seemed overly sensitive to his rank. It was an army of what seemed to be unprecedented discipline, and yet it also seemed to be just one big family. As I studied them, they seemed selfless, not because they lacked identity, but because they were all so sure of who they were and what they were doing that they were not consumed with themselves and did not have to seek recognition. I could not detect ambition or pride anywhere in the ranks. It was stunning to see so many who were so unique, yet in such harmony, marching in perfect step. I was so sure that there had never been an army on earth like this one. Second group, though. With the second group, then I was behind this front divisions looking at a much larger group composed of hundreds of divisions. Each of these was a different size, with the smallest being about 2,000 and the largest seeming to, be, uh, seeming to number in the hundreds of thousands. Although this group was not as sharp and colorful as the first one, this was also an awesome army, simply because of its size. Keep paying attention. This is the Lord talking about us. This group also had banners, but they were not nearly as large, as large or impressive as the first group's banners. They all had uniforms and ranks, but I was surprised that many of them did not even have a full set of armor on, and many did not have weapons. The armor and weapons that they did have were not nearly as polished and bright as those of the first group. As I looked more closely at those in these ranks, I could see that they were all determined and had purpose, but they did not have nearly the focus of the first group. Seen, they seemed much more aware of their own rank and the rank of those around them. I felt this was a distraction that was hindering their focus. I could also sense ambition and jealousy in the ranks which was unquestionably a further distraction. Even so, I felt that these second divisions still had a higher level of devotion and purpose than any army on earth. This too was a very powerful force. Everyone say third group. Third group. 
Behind this second army, there was a third one, which marched so far behind the first two that I was not sure they could even see the groups ahead of them. This group was many times larger than the first and second combined, seemingly composed of millions and millions. As I watched from a distance, this army would move in different directions like a great flock of birds, sweeping one way and then the next, never moving straight, never moving straight in a direction for a very long time. Because of this erratic movement, it was drifting further and further from the first two groups. As I came closer, I saw that these had tattered, dull, gray uniforms which were neither pressed or clean. Almost everyone was bloody and wounded. A few were attempting to march, but most just walked in the general direction in which the others were headed. Fights were constantly breaking out in the ranks, which was the cause of the wounds. There were frayed banners scattered throughout, which some were trying to stay close to. Even so, not even those near the banners had a clear identity because they were constantly drifting from one banner to another. In this entire third army, I was surprised that there were only two ranks. This is the problem, generals and privates. Call it this way, pastors and congregation members. Only a few had a piece of armor on. I did not see any weapons except dummy weapons which were being carried by the generals. The generals flaunted these dummy weapons as if having them made them special. But even those in the ranks could tell that they were not real. This was sad because it was obvious that those in the ranks wanted desperately, desperately to find someone who was real to follow. There did not seem to be any ambition except amongst the generals. This was not because of selflessness as in the first army, but because there was so little caring. I thought that the ambition present in the second group would be much better than the confusion prevailing in this group. The generals here seemed to be more intent on talking about themselves and fighting each other, which the little groups around the banners were constantly doing. I could then see that the battles within the ranks were the cause of the great sweeping, erratic changes of direction this group would make from time to time. Almost done. As I looked at these millions in the last group, I felt that even with their great numbers, they did not actually add strength to the army, but rather weakened it. In a real battle, they would be much more of a liability than an asset. Just sustaining them with food and protection would cost more in resources than any value they could add to the army's ability to fight. I thought that a private in the first or second group would be worth more than many generals from the third. I could not understand why the first groups even allowed this group to tag along behind them. They obviously were not true soldiers. Okay, now don't put up the next graphic. Let me give you what happened. So he saw this, then the Lord snatched him to a mountain. He said, observed. Remember the first group that was perfect? He said they walked through this whole desert. After they walked through, he said there were buildings, there were bridges. There were, I mean, flowers grew, trees, plants. I mean, just the, he said the land was lush, the, grease, the, the, the grass was green, everything. He said, wow, that's wonderful. Look what they, remember what Jesus said? I came to give you life and my life more abundantly. He said, so the first group walked past. He said, the second group walked past. When the second group walked past, he said that now, he said that a lot of the fruit on the trees had died. The, grease had, the grass had turned from green to brown. 
Um, he said the buildings were kind of collapsing and all of those different type of things. And so then the Lord said, watch, third group came through. He said when the third group came through, he said the land looked worse than when it did when the first group came through. Y'all got that? Then this is what Jesus said. This is very important. He said, Lord, this is a great army, but I'm still grieved about the condition of the third group. I do not understand why they're even allowed to pretend to be a part of your army. Hmm. I would like to say that before they go any further, the first and second army should turn and drive away this third group. They were really very little more than a huge mob. Jesus said, what you saw today is still in the future. This is about 40 years ago. What you saw today is in the future. The ministries I'm about to release will gather this army and equip them to be all that you saw because at this time, almost the entire army is in the condition of the third group. So how can I let them be driven away? And so it's, you're reading that book and you're going to realize that we're living in what Jesus showed him about 30, 40 years ago. And that's what we have right now is that how God sees the body of Christ is, is it's just one great big old. Y'all remember that guy from, is it Snoopy? What was the character in Snoopy? No, yeah, I'm sorry. Pigpen. Just, just, just great, just one great, like the Tasmanian devil, just tearing up everything, just dirtying up everything. And that's what the body of Christ is doing right now. In the same encounter, he ran into Paul in heaven, and Paul said it right now. He said, the world does not know whether, does not know whether to see the church as a blessing or a curse. And right now they see us as a curse. Paul also said, he said, when we view you all from heaven, he said, we can't tell any difference between you and the world. So, as I close, I'm going to announce something. This is called the shift. I'll read the scripture and let you know. Acts 2.42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and the prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miracles and signs, signs and wonders. All the believers met together in one place, shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions to share the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. <clears throat> and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were saved. Okay? You see these five things, devotion to the word, prayer, fellowship, eating together, communion. That was the blueprint of, uh, of the church. Not degrees, Bible schools, seminary, or what we call cemeteries. Remember what Jesus said about Bible schools? He said, you send one guy to Bible school, he said when he graduates, he's two, four more, the child of hell before he went in. Romans 16.3. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I'm thankful to them, and so are all the Gentile churches. Also give my greetings to the what? Church that meets in their what? Colossians 4.15. Please give my greetings to our brothers and sisters in Laodicea and to Nympha and the church that meets in her what? Here's a picture of another book. If any of you are interested in this, because I'm getting ready to make an announcement, this is a book called Starting a House Church by Larry Kreider and Floyd McClung. There's a lady that lived in an area that was known for prostitution. She would drop her kids off to school. She would befriend the prostitutes in the neighborhood and um, get them saved. Next thing you know, she had a network of house churches that I think, I believe, it might have been 10,000, but total 3,000 people. And if, you, if I went too fast with the book, you know, with the book, leave it up for a second. 
uh, 3,000 people. And all of the house churches were run by previous prostitutes. The temple of reverend would have shot that down. Oh, we need to send them to Bible school. For what? For what? To learn how to not do ministry? Do you realize how many Bible school teachers are not saved? It's unreal what's going on. In this. Satan is just moving in, moving in, moving in, moving in, and he's trying to position things right to come for the church. And I know it's okay. You know, I told you, my wife and I, we met with Donald Trump twice when he came here. And, and everything he said that was coming, was coming. Some of y'all remember that meme he said. He said, don't get it twisted. I know this ain't a political message, so don't give me, <laughs> just stop all that, <laughs> okay? But he said something that was very true. He said, you actually think they're after me. He said, they're after you. I'm just in the way. I want you to think about something. When the head of the one world government that they're working on right now, this is what she said. I watched her say it. She said, we're just about ready to convert everything over to this one world religion, one world government. She said out of her mouth, one person standing in the way, Donald Trump. So you thought all that craziness came at him because Donald Trump is like a bull in the china shop. He is crazy. He's a businessman, not a politician. He's getting ready to run again, so I don't know what type of war that you're getting ready to see. But see, you know what? The Holy Spirit told me something years ago. I know I'm keeping you all of this. Y'all need to, we're going to finish this. When the people pick the leader, God hates them. When God picks the leader, the people hate them. Because he didn't pick them according to your social security check running out. He does not pick a leader so that you can have health care. He picks a leader because the dude is crazy. And I can manipulate that a little bit in order to have something that's done. Because in the Old Testament, God even, and I'm not saying Donald Trump is a sinner or a saint. I mean, in the Old Testament, God even used sinners for his personal <laughs> agenda to kill folk. And I never go down Trump. He said, when we were in that meeting, he was meeting with us. It was businessmen, leaders. Kemp was there, all of them. And, and I'll never forget what he told me. I remember my wife went and got in his, I never care. I can't believe my wife said went and got up in the president of the United States, went there and got in his podium. After the thing was over, I'm looking at the FBI. Are we going to get arrested or something? He said, you have no idea what they're working on to come against y'all. He said, I've seen it. He said, you have no idea. He said, if y'all would just get together, all of you, all of the domination, if y'all would just get together and be one unit, you could crush them all. He said, but as long as you stay separated, he said, they're coming for you. He said, and I'm telling you, they're trying to move me out the way. He said, you see all of the ragged, the man is crazy. You see all the ragged media back there? And I'm telling you, I watched it. I watched, because I was there, I watched him make statements from that podium, and I watched the media pervert, twist, and change his statements live so that you can believe he's an idiot. Be very careful what you see on TVs today. I said something and nobody believed me. Today, the church is at war with artificial intelligence. And y'all, I've been in meetings about this in artificial intelligence. This stuff is like a lower form of the Holy Spirit. The way that they can program these things and follow your exact behavior down to the minute detail to send you stuff, stop stuff, adjust stuff, and manipulate stuff. This, you, you are not ready for what's getting ready to come in. And if you are not close to God and you have spiritual intelligence, because how many of you know, there is no algorithm that is going to be created by Satan that can stop anybody that has the Holy Ghost. 
But see, Satan been working on the churches to make the Holy Ghost like an extinct picture. Y'all remember this guy that used to be a part of our services? Because that's his main enemy. And remember I told you, praying in tongues will be the way to manipulate artificial intelligence because they program it to pay attention to what you say. But you can't, you can't, Jesus, you can't program a computer. You can't program artificial intelligence to find out what the Holy Ghost is saying. So the Satan is trying to convince the leaders to set all that spiritual stuff down because of the way it looks. It makes us feel uncomfortable. It's an interruption in the service. We, you know, it doesn't look good for social media and, and all of that type of stuff. And you're letting Satan win. And then the ones that do it, they put pressure on them. Put pressure. So I'm telling you. What you're getting ready to see over the next two years, right now, I can feel it. I used to not, I used to try to not say it, but it, it's weird. It's like we're in this small, like, it's like when two nations do a ceasefire for a week. I mean, it's still crazy, but the real craziness hasn't kicked in. And when it kicks in, it's going to kick in, and then everybody's going to start fighting each other, fighting each other. Remember what I said a few years ago? I said, in order for me to do what I had to do, I would have to start a war with both sides. Because all of that stuff I just showed y'all, that's all the kingdom of God. Raw kingdom of God. And when you do that, that's too much power. Do you know when we cast out demons, they call us rebellious? Constantly. They call us the rebellion ones. Because we're not, because Satan still believes that he can win the whole thing. Because his attitude is, y'all, there's still a chance. Don't be moved by what God is doing. There still might be a chance because let's look at our track record. We got Adam. We got the Cain. We got the Gehazi. So they're looking at all of these individuals that God was trying to use, and we got to them. We even got to some, like Jonah, and we got him to disobey, and then God got his attention. But when you see this, y'all, you got to remember, they're stupid. They're looking at the world. They're looking at numbers. Y'all see how many are on our side versus God's side? Y'all, yeah, yeah. we winning. Look at what we're doing with the kids. Yeah. Look at what the Christians are doing. Our witches are very committed. The Christians ain't thinking about God. Right, right. They're trying to survive and get their bills paid and play it safe. Look at the numbers, y'all. We got the music. Right. We got the people. We have the technology. Yeah. We sure enough got the money. And the truth be told, we have most of the church. So when you see people like these, we can still get them because we got the Judas and he was handpicked by Jesus. This is how they think. When we cast them out, this is, this is how they think. And they call us rebellious because we won't line up with their agenda. So trust me, this switch, I already pulled one trigger on January the 1st. I got two more to pull. And when I pull all three of them, I'm telling you, watch this. God will be with me. Satan will be against everything. Oh, never mind. Let me get ready to let y'all go. Can y'all just hang on five more minutes, please? Just five. Just five. I know you got Krispy Kreme donuts on your mind and, and Chick-fil-A and, and all of that, but. So I'm in an effort to pull these other two triggers. I'm going to make a decision. Like, is he quitting? No, that's not going to happen. Uh -huh. So one of the adjustments that we're going to make is we're going to cancel the midweek service. <clears throat> Let me explain why. We're going to do it once a month. We're going to do one Wednesday night service a month. 
It'll be the first Wednesday of every month. And this is one of those situations, less is better. That particular service will be a wild out service. It's going to be, we're going to have to worship. It'll be prayer, laying on hands, personal prophecy. Um, and, um, and then you will come to the service and leave when you want to. Uh, and, and, then, and then at the end of the service, it'll be, it's, not gonna, it's just going to be Holy Spirit driven. It's the sons and daughters of God. We'll invite other people, all of that, whether they're a member here or not. And we did more prayer on the back end, and people will kind of leave when they want to. We'll determine how it goes, but it'll be once a Wednesday. One of the reasons for me doing this, and this is where I close for real, is with me doing this, one, these are lighter issues. It gives my volunteers a break. People who serve here, they serve very, very faithfully. And at both locations, they serve very faithfully. It gives the volunteers a break. You know, I got, for example, I got Stephen on the soundboard. I have two, we have two sound engineers now. But Stephen here, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, and he works a full-time job. Okay, April up here sometimes doing stuff with the church, you know, and then on Wednesday, then on Saturday, then on Sunday. So it alleviates that. And, um, and midweek is harder on families. They kind of struggle with coming, you know, and like, like sometimes you'll have one parent that will stay at home with the kids and the other one will come. And that's just, it's just not, and, and you know what, you want, you, want, you, want to let, you want me to let you know when this, when this came about? I was bringing my daughter home, I think, from volleyball practice. And it was, I think it was Monday, and I was thinking, okay, got to get ready to do Wednesday night service. And then something came in the car. I said, why do you do it? And, 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 and you know me, I was just, I, there's some things, don't be, no, stop, stop all the praying in tongues all the time. You're praying in tongues enough, you know, especially this church, we pray in tongues every day. No, that's time to just, just think. And I said, I'm talking to myself, I said, well, I think I'm doing this because that's what the other churches that I was a part of did. Then another one. And some of you might like, this is the devil. Mm, no, this ain't the devil. It could be, but this wasn't the devil. Well, is it in the word? Mm, no. I mean, you just read an Acts. They were meeting every day. Didn't say nothing about Sunday. They were just going crazy because Jesus was their life. It wasn't something they did on the weekends to pay their hell insurance. Y'all know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know some of the stuff that I say is just... <sighs> but I'm not as bad as Jesus. I mean, you know, Jesus said some stuff. Y'all, I'm still waiting on that candidate of baptism out there in the world where I can say, I am from above. <laughs> you are... <laughs> I mean, you know, it's probably not going to happen. I'm just waiting on the right candidate. But Jesus was like, no, that's preserved. That was a statement was reserved for me, son. You just, you don't know how to use that correctly. But the biggest thing, and the main reason is, so that we can focus on the house churches. It's the main reason. We'll have the weekend services. And then, y'all, we can't be that group like, I don't want to say everyone else. We can't be that group. Because think about y'all just be, can I just be honest with y'all? I'm coming down just for one more second. Can I be honest with y'all? Just be honest. I don't care what church it is, what denomination is, whether it's in the hood or the suburbs. How many of you know almost all of the churches are exactly the same? Exactly the same. And here's the deep part. They're exactly the same. And that sameness does not fit anywhere in the Bible. Unaffected. And what we're doing is now the church is trying to build revival by inviting people through social media. 
maybe you'll come visit if we do a real cool video. And you know I'm into cool videos. Like I told you, I have Jesus riding on a skateboard with rockets coming out the back. I'm into that, and there's nothing wrong with that unless that's the only thing you do. Years ago, I was a member of my Baptist church. Well, that Baptist church. And I'll never forget something that Reverend T.C. Simmons, I like those names that have T's and dots. And <laughs> he's laughing at me. Reverend T.C. Simmons, I never forget what he said. He's talking about the Jehovah's Witness. He said, Jehovah's Witnesses have the right method, but the wrong message. He said, the church has the right message, but the wrong methods. We just won't go out. And we just won't say anything. Some of us have neighbors that we haven't said anything to yet. And you don't even know why. You want to know why? Because there's a demonic hold on your neighborhood. And when you get ready to open up your mouth, there's a creature that convinces you to keep your mouth closed because we own the one that you're trying to invite. We own the one that you're trying to get saved. We own the one that you're trying to get delivered. We own the one that you're praying about. They're going to fight you tooth and nail and give you every cockamamie dictionary excuse on why you shouldn't just talk to your neighbor about Jesus. It's a war. And most of the, it's so funny, the congregation members know this deep down in their heart. They're just too scared to tell us. Because us are worried about building a name for ourselves. You understand what I'm saying? We're about, I'm all, let me tell you something. Let me say, people like Bethel and Hillsong, and man, they are masters at getting the right camera angles. You're supposed to do all of that. I love that because some people want to attack people like Joel Steve. Man, look, I'm into the cool stuff. Just stay in your lane. All right, never mind. I don't, I don't know what it is. You know, it's what we talked about, all this jealousy stuff. Yeah. If I'm trying to make a name for myself, he moves across the street with his church. Then I got to tell y'all, we got to be careful about that new guy across the street. Why? You don't even know him yet. Right. Yeah, but he's a threat to me. Y'all might go over there. But when you are fighting for a king, man, these people do. Ooh. When you're fighting for a king, an invisible one, the king that died, the king, watch this. See, we won't die for the king, even though he already died for us. Because in the natural, the king doesn't die for you. You die for the king. But this king said, I don't need you to die. I just need you to live. And we won't even live for the king that died for us. You understand what I'm saying? So, that's, so, but if we're both fighting for the king, and he moves across the street from me, and he can shoot better than me, man, I appreciate you joining the battle because of the way that you can shoot. Maybe you can keep some of the enemy off of me. You know what I'm saying? That this is about winning a war. This ain't about uh, uh, perpetrating a religion. This is about winning a war. And right now, this, this, this vortex of a tornado is just sucking Christians into carnality. And they're cool. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with standing before Jesus. And when he analyzes my life, I hardly did anything for him. I'm cool with that as long as I can keep chasing my dream. And while I chase it, I'm going to make fun of y'all that pray all day. I'm going to make fun of y'all bums that are on the street talking about Jesus all day. Because it doesn't take all of that. We got to be careful because we, the world. And so, God, the fact that the scripture says that the eyes of the Lord go to and fro. Trying to find somebody through whom he can show himself strong. Is there anybody, whether you got a title or not, 
Is there anybody, whether you male or female or not, is there anybody, whether you black, white, Chinese, Russian, or Mexican or not, is there anybody, whether you got a degree or not, is there anybody who is willing to fight for the king? And in order today to fight for the king, you got to fight for him while fighting everybody, including the ones who say they serve the king. So the only reason why the Lord will begin to promote us into these things is because we are willing to employ all of the weapons that he said. The weapons are for you winning in the face of algorithms. The weapons are for you winning in the face of demons that are seven times stronger than the ones that Jesus. These dudes have been these dudes have been held in reserve for us. It's not new. It's ancient. They've been in jail waiting for you to open up the door, America. And witchcraft just pouring in, just, just pouring in and pouring in. And the church doesn't want to be this violent. My pastor made a statement. I don't know if you saw the statement. He said the time has come. He said that those attack the church, you will lose your family members. And that's what the church has reverted back to. Because if we don't, they're going to swallow us up whole. But they're not used to men who say, Satan, you will always need more men. You will always need more men, Satan. You will always need more men. They're not used to that. They're not used to men who stand alone like Paul. You killed this man. They raised him from the dead, and he walks back into the same city like a gangster. Kill me again. They're not used to men who you pull a gun on them. You shoot it. You snatch it from his hand. Shoot it. It works. Put it back in his hand. Shoot. Click. Maybe you're doing something wrong. Let me have it. Bam! Put it back in his hand. Click. They're not used to men like that. They're not used to following men who are willing to give up their lives for the king. <sighs> and 174,000 people. It's 1130. And at 11:30 tomorrow, a minimum of 174,000 people would have left the planet. And an angel said, for every 50 that come to heaven, a thousand go to hell. And you're cool with that as long as it doesn't affect your paycheck on the job. You're cool with that as long as it doesn't disrupt your cable so you can binge watch your dumb programs. You're cool with that. I'm just not. So if you want my personal opinion, I really could care less who's with me or not. I've come to the conclusion I know this church is going to grow faster than a weed. <clears throat> I also don't care if it grows one inch. As long as we find ourselves in the perfect will of God. Don't fight based on what you're thinking. Don't fight based on what you, if you think you're winning or losing. Just fight. <clears throat> Your reward is for fighting, not winning or losing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just had to be. See, see, Christians right now are scared of darkness. I'm not. I've come face to face with evil. And smack Tim and his mama. I tell you, when you get to fooling with these devils, you become a little thug and everything. You know, or a thug at, as I like to call the ladies. But they, man, you don't fool with people to deal with the devil for real, deliverance. Amen. I don't want to call it scary. It's beyond alarming. Amen. It's beyond alarming to listen to these things talk 
to listen to these things cuss us out because as we cast them out, they're mad because they were causing the female to be promiscuous until she had a male child that they could possess to be used as a special weapon against us. And I have to remind Satan, there are no weapons you will pull out of your reserve vault that will bring this house down. If you bring this house down, it's because Jesus is not on the throne. You can say that when you're holy and you have his weapons because you can be holy. But if you have, don't have his weapons, you can still be destroyed. So that's the reason I'm not canceling a midweek service because I don't have nothing else. I got other stuff to do. I'm right now training several pastors, literally. And that's going to take a lot of time because when I train those pastors, they represent congregations. And, but y'all, there is something coming that I perceive. I perceive that there is something coming where if the house churches are not in full operation, it will be too late. We must be like our Chinese brothers. The largest church above ground is the one we're associated with in Nigeria. The largest one below ground are our Chinese brothers. Then built the biggest church in the world underground. Because there, in order for you to have a church above ground, you have to follow the rules of the government, and they don't allow you to preach Jesus and the Holy Spirit. It's just considered a religious temple. And you know how the Chinese built it? Hand-to-hand -hand combat. Like to come to our home? How many of you know? You'll try anything over some free food. I mean, so we're not, I'm not talking about doing house groups and house churches. And we're not talking about doing house churches and you have a little cheese and crackers. I'm talking about it, it needs to be in the, in the scripture. They did it as a meal. The Lord's Supper is not a little, little, little fake cracker thing. And we do that because of mass. But in the scripture, it was a full meal. I mean, that's why Paul said, when y'all come together, wait for everybody. You sitting up here eating up all the food and drinking up all the wine, and you're drunk. Y'all remember reading that in the Bible? Because it was a meal. Can't get drunk off of something like that, you know? I don't care how strong it is. But that's the reason why he said that. Because the people had created this network where they, they did come to the major temple, but through the week, it was house to house. So we're going to create something. No, it will not be mandatory for you to go. But we're going to encourage you to become part of a house group. So now right in the area where you live, you all meet together and you will have a different type of church service. Jesus never told you the order of it. He just said, if two or three of y'all are gathered, there I am. So it has to be creativity. Okay, we'll have some foundation stuff for you. But if you have some new people or even current people, and let's say like for the theme of this month is prayer. You have a married couple come in and they feel comfortable enough to say, hey, can y'all help us? We having a little problem with our marriage. Guess what? You turn to minister into them on marriage. That's the spirit of God. Right. Well, we will talk about the marriage, but the pastor said we got to talk about prayer. <sighs> Everything we can to stop you. So we're gonna, So that's what we're going to focus on. We're going to keep the Wednesday night services up until February the 1st, which is a Wednesday. That'll be the last one. Then we'll only do it at the first of the month. Through the week, we're going to begin to develop the house churches. I will be personally going to help. Some of us will be helping them to get them established to move this. So that will be your midweek. It's easier. It's right in the area where you are. If you want to drive far, that's fine. But it's going to be several things. Safety, accountability, fellowship. Bible says iron sharpens iron. Last thing, then I'll let you go. We will not be stopping it. It's going to happen two different ways. People will start harsh churches, 
and they will either multiply into other house churches, which is what we prefer, but some of them may then grow into another church. Y'all remember what Jesus told the disciples? The disciples said, Lord, we saw this guy casting out demons in your name, but because he wasn't not a part of our group, we told him to stop. He said, stop. Let me get this right. He learned it on his own. You dummies are with me and ain't learned it yet. You're going to tell him to stop. That's religion. You can't know what you're doing unless the pastor told you. You got a Bible like I do. You have the Holy Spirit like I do. The role of a pastor is to speed up your growth, not stump it. So imagine again, because this is where this church is about to go. See, most churches are an extension of the leader. That's a terrible thing because all leaders are limited. Y'all might think I'm deep, and I am, but I'm still limited deep. Jesus is really deep. Y'all understand what I'm saying? <laughs> but imagine, we talk, I know we talked about this before. We talked about this before, but I didn't pull the trigger because I knew where it was going to go, and I started getting a little alarmed, and basically it was just fear because I knew it would begin to take me to the top, and then everybody started looking at us, and just y'all heard that Wednesday. So I had to apologize to the congregation for that, apologize to God, all of that. He hammered me when I was in Nigeria over this. But just pretend all of you are leaders and there's no limits. Think about it. No limits. See, some of y'all are very limited. You're going to have a nice little house church and you're going to have a few people and, and but some of y'all are crazy. Good crazy. You know what I'm saying? We, we let you go. <laughs> it's like it's like, like a dog off a leash. You're like, man, I am free right now. And that unit, you need spent two hours. This dog is running around the neighborhood. He is having a whole vacation. You're having a good time. You're the one mad. But the dog is like, oh, freedom. Freedom. <laughs> Happened to that little beagle one time I had. I, let, I took him to the volleyball court where it's fenced in, and, and I took that leash off of him. He looked up at me. You shouldn't have done that. <laughs> that dude took off running, and, and, and the fence was too high. And he's like, this is it. He took off running across that tennis thing, and, and he jumped in the air. Ah, you don't have legs like Michael Jordan, son. He ran into that fence, threw him all the way back. Let me tell you something. I am not exaggerating. When that dog fell on the ground, he did. He walked all the way back over to me just like this. I am not exaggerating. He was like, I see I'm still enslaved by this man. He stood there and put the chain back on. I'm not exaggerating. That's what that dog did. Okay, but you know what I'm saying. Some of y'all, see, let me say something. Whether you're listening online, you're here, first-time visitor here, unfortunately, for some reason, people are programmed to get a yes from their pastor before they do anything. I, I understand we're shepherds, and maybe that's how the sheep are, but, but to be able to do something with the backing, it was never supposed to be a thing where you do something, and then it got so big, so popular, it worked so well then we accuse you of trying to do your own thing. No, you just proved to us that you got it. So we were supposed to empower you so you could take it higher. That's how you produce revival. Because the revival is in the people, not in the prayers. Ooh, that was a statement I just made right there. You understand what I'm saying? So that's the reason. We're going to remove, we're going to do this, not talk about it. We're going to remove the Wednesday night service. We're going to focus on the development of the house churches. And then... Whatever's coming in the future, people are going to need to feel saved. What's coming in the future, people are not want to The whole world is geared that way. Nobody even wants to shop anymore. DoorDash. Walmart stays at my house. My wife don't even believe in going to the grocery store hardly anymore. 
boom, 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 bring them to me. That's where the world is going. That's programmed a particular way. Whatever's, there are so many, 911 has started popping up again. 911. The Lord warns early through many different methods. So let me, it's 11.40, I don't care. Say this last statement. You definitely, let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is not given to you to shout. Even though there's nothing wrong with shouting. Holy Spirit is not given to you to dance in the church service. It's wonderful. You see that at a football game. There's nothing working with dance. I mean, you know, David danced so much, he danced out of his clothes. And his wife got offended. <laughs> That's some serious dancing right there. You know, we don't need y'all doing that type of dancing up in here. Okay? Just keep your clothes on. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is given to us to lead us and guide us into all truth about everything, not religious things. And it says, Jesus promised us he'll show you the future. If you don't honor the Holy Spirit, if you don't pray in your heavenly prayer language, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He answers requests, not thoughts. The church has to be in the fame. Holy Spirit, you are our ultimate business partner. Show us the future. Now, remember, as you know, the Lord had revealed to Devon and Lisa he revealed it to the divine in a big picture. He revealed it at least in the details that COVID was coming. None of us believed it. She said she didn't even have believe it. Even the Lord spoke to her. She told us that the schools were going to be shut down and everything. We were like, no, nah, you must be crazy. You're talking about this, the whole school system, the college and everything? How many of you know the whole planet shut down? See? So, so the church, so guess what? You, the church has to be in the position whereas all of this foolishness is running in. We are, giving he we are being given heavenly instructions how to keep on pulling people out of the fire before the real one shows up. You understand right, what I'm saying? Right. Yes. Yes. So I don't have an answer for everybody. I just know what works. I just know what I'm getting ready to do. I've answered many questions. And so for this first week, you need to adjust yourself. You need to say, Lord, am I supposed to be a part of a house church? Am I supposed to be a leader? Am I supposed to be a future leader? You know, and this is not a now we're not going to just let anybody be a leader. You know, it's you know, you an agnostic. We're not going to make you a leader. You know, you don't believe the Holy Spirit is for everybody. We're not going to make you a leader. You know, you're Al Qaeda's cousin. We're not going to make you a leader. You know, Dracula's aunt. We, we ain't going to no, we're not getting ready to do all this type of stuff. You'd be surprised. Y'all think I'm going to just crack a joke. You'd be surprised what people have who asked who one girl Lord told the Lord told me that I'm going to be on your uh, staff and your leadership team, and on your board, and I'm going to be traveling with you and your wife. And we were looking at each other. We didn't even know we were going anywhere, but you're going to be traveling with us. And Holy Spirit told me that she was practicing some foolishness. Last thing. I know I've said that a million times, but Lance, you're going to be, you're going to be all right, Lance. Careful. The closer you are to God, the more you attract bugs. private ones attracted more because God what you do in secret God rewards you openly for you all that spend large amounts of time in prayer careful you become a bright light you're praying in private but when you go in public darkness can see your brightness so you have to be very careful when you get close to God you have to be careful who comes into your life what suggestions you get from people you understand what I'm saying someone sent me something the other day and they wanted me to look at it. 
And, and I really, I asked Devon to look at it for me too. I really felt that the enemy used this individual to try to, he's trying to muddy up my authority. Uh, because I don't want to get into it because the person could be listening. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be offensive to anybody like the lady in our neighborhood that walks the cat. <laughs> just can't. Y'all gonna have to pray for me. I just can't let that go, Denise. I've never seen anybody walk a cat. I think about it all day long. Every time I go home, I'm like, am I going to see the lady that walks the cat? <sighs> I need prayer. Are y'all following me? It can't be church on Saturday, Sunday, any day. It has to be we are the body of Christ. And I don't want to. Testimony I told you last week about the guy overseas that was irritating me. That hurt me bad. He, he was just, it was, there are people, particularly in other countries, they might go about something a particular way that is offensive or different than what we're used to. And when, 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 I, when I, was, I was praying and his, his name was right here, and I knew I was praying about him, and then boom, instantly the Lord took me in a vision. I'm standing in heaven, can't see anything except the boy, me, and Jesus. And all Jesus said in the vision was, if you would have only helped him. So I'm not one of those guys that's going on record where the Lord says, if you would have only released your congregation and let them do what I died for them to do. If you would have only not held them back. The girl that prophesies, yeah, she was a little off, but if you would have only trained her. So I have to be totally honest with you. Even though I wasn't like that, I'm just really like, I'm just, I really don't care anything about, except for the afterlife. I'm, I'm really disconnected from this world. I'm just being honest with you. You know, um, I, I'm just, yeah, and I'm, I'm just talking like old grandfather that won't stop talking, but I'm just, I'm just, dis, I'm disconnected from this world. I'm, and to be, on, be, on, uh, be honest with you, I'm more disconnected from the church than I am the world. I just am. I'm just, I'm tired of the crap. I'm tired of the religious rhetoric. I'm tired of the image of that. I'm tired of the, hey, let's come to church and have a pep rally. Rah, rah, rah. The church is winning. I know I have a comical and crazy way, but how many of y'all feel the same way? Some of y'all are burning on the inside. Some of y'all have been burning on the inside for a long time, and you know that you're called to do something greater. You just can't find somebody to co-sign it. So the preachers are going to be mad at me because they, y'all, I haven't even done anything yet. They're already upset at me. Already upset at me. One lady rebuked me because she rebuked me because I allow the prophets to be free. So, you know, are y'all with me? So. I know some of y'all got to go. People got to go to work and all that type of stuff. But I didn't, hold, I didn't hold you too long. It was worth it. So let's go ahead and stand. Yo. Hmm? Quincy Lee. Quincy Lee. This, this is his mom. Okay. So what? De, who? Devilon. Okay. He was shot seven times in the chest. Twenty-two. And and let me tell you something. 
The devil is trying to take these young people out by any means necessary. He's able to, this, he's, let me tell you something uh, about race. All races are the same. Your environment determines your mentality, if well, all of that, you know. But what he does is, is that the same way that he, he works certain things into a family, it was on drugs. Another family, everybody, I call it. Another family, everybody's prideful. And so, because the races kind of begin to separate themselves from each other, he was, he's a, he was able to kind of work certain things into certain communities. You know, we call them stereotypes, but it's actually things that happen because you're separate coming out of, from each other. You know, so you see in the Arab world, well, what's the main thing you see coming out of that? Terrorism. It's not that they're more prone to terrorism, but because of that particular community being separated from the rest, that's what he was able to work. But right now, he's working against, against, he's working against all the children, all of them. We're going to get some through gunshot and violence. We're going to get others by turning them. We're not going to turn. It used to be we're going to turn male to female, female to male. Now we're just going to turn them into something that doesn't even exist. They become an equation, you know, on, on applications now. You know, are you male, female, black, white, Hispanic, alien, tree, non-binary, square root equation, And you just sit there like, this can't be real. Just really just, it's like we're in the twilight zone. They're trying to corrupt them. They're trying to get the schools to, to, to be okay with sending your child to the doctor to get a sex change without the parent's permission. They're right now got it on the books working with lawyers. They're trying to, they're, they're changed. They, they don't call it pedophilia anymore. It's called, um, yeah, minor attracted people. It's like it's no longer a baby, it's a fetus, the word. And, and this thing with kidnapping these children is, is unresolved. Whether you have, you have more and more, you know, kidnapping is big in the United States. Yeah, for organs. They got something over, over on the other side in one particular African country where they kill for high school. It's because the, the, the dark-skinned kids have some type of melanin that they use and they can be sold for a high price. People are no longer people. You're just something that just be bought, sold, perverted, cheated. You know, doesn't matter if you sign the contract. I'm still not going to honor it. And we're right in the midst of this mess. And, and what the world and heaven and hell need to see is the body of Christ being. It's easy to be one if everybody is just fighting for a king. But if you're fighting for yourself, it's going to be some problems. And the enemy right now is just turning everybody against each other, just turning everything against each other. You can't go anywhere and people are not arguing. Okay, so, but that's enough. I don't want way over my time, but that's all right. Let's lift our hands for a second. Before we close out, let's just pray in the spirit for a moment and pray for this mother. You said Quincy, Quincy Lee, Father in Jesus' name, we pray for Quincy Lee. Oh, Lord God, that has just lost her son we don't know much about that situation we don't know much about what even caused it but we pray that you would give her peace that her mind would not snap pray oh lord god that even with this violent act it will bring about some type of peace salvation for others because you said in your word ecclesiastes that it is better to go to a funeral than to a party so that the living can lay it to heart while there is still time 
So even though this young man lost his life, we pray, O oh Lord God, that lives will be saved as a result of him losing his. Give that family peace. Holy Spirit, visit them and let them understand that time is short and that they must get their lives together. We pray that all of the financial provision that they need will be given. And we pray, O oh Lord God, that the services for that young man will bring about salvation, deliverance, peace, and safety. Angels go forth and bring these things to pass. Holy Spirit, touch the hearts of those that are involved in order to experience this. Thank you, O oh Father God, for doing that. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I'm glad you came to church on today. I'm going to let you go. You know, and so let me say something. With us canceling the Wednesday, the weekend is going to be more of, see, the, the weekend services need to be more like a festival where we talk about the deeper things so that we are empowered through the week to now minister. You understand what I'm saying? It was, that's the way it's designed. And then we're just pushing each other and just pushing each other and pushing each other. Y'all know Vernon, you know, the Indian gentleman. He's just out of town. But it, Vernon, they've got so many people up in this church. It's ridiculous. I, I, can't, I don't even like going out with Vernon. Out to eat. I'm like, man, I'm done preaching. He's like, no, I'm about to go over here and get these two guys saved. Hey, man, we just got in the restaurant. Can I get a break? Nope. Peace. And, and you know, you're not supposed to compare each other. But if we could all be like Vernon. See, my technical title is apostle. But you remember what Paul told Timothy? You might be one, but do the work of an evangelist. You might be a stay-at-home mom, but do the work of an evangelist. You might be a prophet, but do the work of an evangelist. Watch this. You might be an evangelist, but do the work of an evangelist. Because if I run into another evangelist that ain't got nobody saved in the last 50 years, how are you an evangelist? Y'all see this problem? And you know, we can change that. Because there are already ministries that are turning to us, and they're like, what are y'all doing different? Because most are losing. And we can turn this. We really can. And I'm telling, let me tell you something. The Lord showed me years ago about this church that people would say about this church, oh, you don't need to get the pastor to come. Just pick anybody over there. They can all bring it. That's what it's supposed to be. I'm looking forward to that. But you can't control that. You know what I'm saying? You just got to let it fly. So just a couple of announcements. Uh, my wife wanted me to announce that her registration, she, she wrote it down. She said, make sure you get it right. She had to leave to take one of my daughters someplace. Registration for Lorana's Masterclass, this is how men read it. Registration for Lorana's Masterclass will begin Monday, January 9th. There is no cost for the class, but you must register. You must register through Realm under the Events tab. I think you get the Realm on our Giving tab, don't you? I should know these things, but I don't. So you just go to the giving tab and look under events and you can register for the class. There's no cost for the class. This is a master class of teaching you ladies about, about life. I think, uh, um, I'll announce it now. I think I have a title. I think for the men's ministry, we're gonna call it All the King's Men. And so uh, I was actually talking with somebody else and he used it, I asked him, could I use it? He said, man, you ain't got to ask me that. I think that's what we're gonna be called is All the King's Men. It'll be a meeting amongst men who are kings and prophets and all of those different type of things that'll be really really good last thing is they'll put up the message for the tech service the tech service allows us to keep you abreast of everything that you're doing if you're here online you're not a member it's okay we still keep you abreast of what we're doing you can always hit stop and it'll stop but is that, is that up there behind me make sure you put no spaces in between the letters just it's all one thread otherwise it won't work so just text 
uh, that to that number, Lionheart Church? Yes. Yeah, Lionheart Church, all one word, and it'll send you a response within 30 seconds. So, y'all ready to rock and roll this year? So, it's a little bit lighter today, so I'll make sure everybody gets this teaching and I'll adjust this for tomorrow. There's one other thing I'm supposed to add before I let you go. Oh, so when we dismiss, I recognize most people, but, but uh, you know, um, myself, Randall, if, unless you have to go, Eric, we'll be down front. If you have questions about salvation, if you want to give your life to Christ, um, if you have questions about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, praying in other tongues, you want to rededicate your life, ministers will be standing down front when the service is over with. Just come down, let them know, and they'll show you what to do, lead you into prayer, set an appointment, whatever it is. And we're going to have what we call more altar work. So like in the future while we're praying in tongues, people who need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, who need healing, you got to overlap things. So while you're praying, you're also ministering in that vein. It's going to be a very, very powerful time. So, But if you have that need, just come down front. One of us will be able to help you in that regard. And my wife apologizes. She had to leave early. You know, you got these kids and all of the Olympics and, and, and everything. Kids all over the place. It's only four more months to go and it'll be over. As Mr. Smith told uh, Neo in the movie Matrix. So let's go ahead and lift our hands. Father, in Jesus' name, we give you thanks and praise. Seal these things on the inside of our heart, Holy Spirit. Bring it to our remembrance because it was a lot that was dumped in today. But regardless of how much was dumped into our spirits, let the spirit of impartation simply remind us that we need to be about our Father's business. This world will soon end and we have an eternity to rule and reign with Christ. Thank you, Father God, for doing these things. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen, amen, amen. Give somebody a high five or a hug. Tell them to have a blessed day. If you're a first-time visitor, you're welcome to come introduce yourself to me for a moment.